Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's weekly podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, I've got Ellen Page, the very talented actress and producer, is now a director. We connected earlier this week from her home in Los Angeles to talk about her directorial debut, There's Something in the Water, a Netflix documentary about environmental racism and its impact on marginalized communities in Page's native Canada. Coming up in the show, Paige explains the inspiration behind the doc, how she feels about Justin Trudeau and Donald Trump, and what it's like creating music and dance videos for Instagram with her wife of two years, dancer Emma Porter. I'll be right back with Ellen Page. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's Ellen Page. Hey, Ellen. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Pretty good, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Considering, I know, I know. Yeah. How are you holding up in all of this? What What are you doing? Are you just, I know you're doing some great videos with your wife. Um. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm. we're good, you know. I mean, we're, of course, staying inside um, unless, you know, it's dog walk that's (laughs) um and no we're we're good and you know mostly i'm obviously thinking about um all of those who you know are out of jobs and And it's awful paycheck and those who don't have the ability to stay at home and etc i think yeah so we're you know we're doing good good so Ellen Page, welcome to the big ticket. Thank you for joining us here. Um, so let's talk about there's something in the water. Tell me where this came from. It's your directorial debut. Um, and it's a quite powerful documentary. Tell us all about it. Well, thank you so much. And also just, I really appreciate you wanting to talk about it because um, this is sort of actually quite mind blowing that this is happening. We Ian and I did not bring up cameras intending to make a feature film. Um, mm. And really how all this began is I read Ingrid, Ingrid Waldron's um, incredible and quite frankly, groundbreaking book. There's something in the water. And it just taught me so much. Um, I was just um, devastated to read this and just so shocked how silence these communities uh, and this issue um, have been in in Nova Scotia and, you know, quite frankly, um, you know, uh, all around Canada in in many ways. Um, But in in Nova Scotia, I think uh, um, uh, to just such a significant degree um, in terms of it being such a systemic issue there. So essentially I reached out to Ingrid Waldron saying, you know, I, you know, I, I was so moved and learned so much from your book. If, if there's anything I could possibly do to help elevate your voice and these issues, um, you know, please let me know. And and then that turned into um, getting on the phone with the grassroots grandmothers, um, as you see in the film. Uh, Which is the best name. I just love grassroots, grassroots grandmothers. Yeah, and they're extraordinary. And uh, as people will see in the film resisting a question called uh, Alta Guest, um, doing a project called Alton Guest. And um, essentially, again, they were, you know, we talked about how 
um, what could happen, how we could elevate their voice. And um, we decided that, you know, together coming up with cameras. And we would, at the time, just thought we were going to, you know, make clips for in- Instagram or little pieces. And and um, and then when we were heading up, I thought, well, I think it would be good to have multiple examples in Nova Scotia to show how systemic this issue is. And so this can't be sort of dismissed in any way. Um, and Ian and I rented two 5Ds and had two lab mics <laughs> headed up and, um, and met these just extraordinary women who um, do this work that they shouldn't have to do. Um, and then, you know, when we got back to Halifax after going around the province and we're watching footage with Ingrid, we just really had this feeling of, oh my God, I, I like, do we have a feature documentary? <laughs> and then essentially we just, we just hit the ground running because we wanted to get it out as, as soon as possible. Um, just because the urgency uh, of these issues. And then of course, Ingrid became a producer on the film and, and yes, that's how, that's how it all came to be. So um, explain to people what environmental racism is. Environmental racism is essentially the disproportionate placement of landfills, hazardous industry, et cetera, put next to indigenous and black and other marginalized communities. And it's also about, you know, the slow response um, of the government. Um, And this is a... incredibly systemic industry um canada and the united states and all around the world i was going to say if people don't realize you are from canada so this was sort of a you know the film's sort of a homecoming in 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 a certain way yeah for sure you know i think that's something a lot of you know people have said i mean even being home and and since i've been home in halifax since um the film premiered at toronto film festival and then the atlantic film festival in halifax just something I get a lot is people coming up to me and saying, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. And Nova Scotia is obviously quite a small province. Mm. So the degree of, of silencing of these communities, the lack of coverage from the media, I mean, a lot of great alternative media sources do great work, but, um, and I think, yeah, in so many ways, Canada is just in such profound denial of its history and its, uh, you know, the colonialism that's continued today, clearly, um, as well as its history of genocide and residential schools um, mm. and what have you. Yeah. So I do think that's a, a big part of the film as well. I'm going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, Paige weighs in on Justin Trudeau's environmental record and Donald Trump's comments about climate change. Stick around. I'll be right back. What do explorers, an army officer, and a Minnesota insurance salesman have in common? They all wanted to be the first to reach the North Pole, but only one of them made it. 
I'm Kat Long, science editor at Mental Floss and host of the new podcast, The Quest for the North Pole, which dives into the centuries-long race to explore the Arctic, find the Northwest Passage, and conquer the top of the world. With a cast of daring adventurers and some pretty determined amateurs, the race to the pole reveals the human desire to solve mysteries of geography and the soul. We'll look at the important Arctic expeditions that filled the blank spaces on the map and recognize how indigenous people made them successful. We'll examine what pushed explorers to venture ever farther into the unknown and uncharted, and how the climate crisis is changing the Arctic today. Listen to The Quest for the North Pole every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's more of Ellen Page. We do see Justin Trudeau um, in the movie a little bit, you know, a tiny bit. How do you think he's doing with environmental issues um, in Canada? Um, he's not doing a very good job, um, yeah. particularly in regards to environmental issues that affect Indigenous people um, mm. and very much supporting, um, um, you know, corporations that are in dating the lands of indigenous people, um, you know, uh, very much encouraging, you know, disastrous pipelines, uh, not addressing the issues of the tar sands in Alberta, and um, and despite declaring a climate emergency, uh, continues to support these corporations. Um, and that's incredibly unfortunate. And I most certainly hope that changes. Did you ever think you'd become this expert in environmental issues? I mean, the way you're talking, I'm like, I want to call you Professor Page. Um, well, I certainly don't <laughs> by any means feel like an expert. Um, of course, the experts are the people particularly who have experienced this and the communities that have had to deal with this for, you know, generations and generations and generations and generations, et cetera. Um, and, of course, Ingrid Waldron, who is a pretty uh, Professor, professor at um, Dalhousie University in Halifax, um, but no, I most I most certainly didn't, you know. And when I was learning more about these issues in my home province and the suffering um, it has caused, and the decimation of the environment, and obviously this current important issue in regards to Alden Gas and the Shubenacadie River, um, you know, of course I as someone from Nova Scotia who has the privilege and platform I have wanted mm -hmm. to, to, to learn more, you know, mm -hmm. of course, like that's the first step we need to, we need to teach ourselves. We need to take accountability for, uh, complacency. Um, and it's our responsibility to educate ourselves as it was my responsibility to do. So, um, no, I didn't ex expect this. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't, ex you know, we didn't even think we were going to make a feature documentary. We just right. were going to do what we could. But uh, the experts, most certainly Ingrid and others, not me. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you hopeful things will change or do you get disheartened when or does it sort of come and go? And, you know, at different points, you're hopeful and at other points you're not. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose that, it, yes, it is a, a combo of the two. It can be so disheartening to see the lack of response 
from government, particularly when you are spending time in communities that have lost so much. Mm -hmm. So many people. When you're going through the one area where there's the dump and she's just pointing out each house, how many people died of cancer. It's, yeah. it's astonishing, but also believable in many ways, unfortunately. Yeah, and this is the issue in so many places and in more mm -hmm. places in, in, in Nova Scotia. Um, and the lack of response, the lack of support, the lack of hearing these, of hearing these individuals' voices is just so appalling. It's appalling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... So many people have died, you know, and, you know, or at Picto Landing First Nation um, with the situation with the harbor, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, people dying so young, people not getting to grow old with their families. Mm. And how is this not something we're talking about out all the time? How are people not being held accountable? Um, but there is hope, right? There, there mm -hmm. has been change and those who are, you know, taking this head on and, and resisting and, um, obviously make you feel hopeful, but then that feels a horrible feeling because they shouldn't have to do this. Right. It's just like so horrible that these communities are in this situation. The fact that the grassroots grandmothers are getting arrested mm. when this corporation wants to, you know, it seems like a lot to explain on the podcast, <laughs> right. like right, of course. Um, what this court, you know, but ultimately wants to dump a significant amount of brine into the Shubenacadie River that, yeah, would destroy it. It's just, mm. it's just that simple. And for the government at all to be, on the side of this corporation instead of doing everything they can to protect this river and this land that is, um, you know, they're breaking treaty rights, which is right. something that's, you know, happening all over Canada. And yeah, the fact that, you know, the government clearly is supporting these corporations over people's health and, and lives and particularly indigenous black communities it's especially in a time where we're dealing with climate crisis. It's, yep. it's so hard to wrap your head around. I mean, it's not in the context of history right. <laughs> and everything right. that's happened, but you know what I mean? But what, what do you, are you able to sit there and, you know, you're watching the news and president Trump gets on the TV and, you know, basically calls climate change a hoax, fake news. Do you want to just throw something at your television or if you're watching it on your phone? How do you, you're so passionate about it, how do you not lose yourself in sort of what many people would say, you know, policies that are going completely backwards? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, needless to say, it's not a hook and, uh, and so when you see that, especially people with such um, power and influence perpetuating or saying anything like that, it's, it's devastating mm. because it's destroying the world. It's destroying 
the future and it's just in it's happening right now. And again, it's disproportionately affecting marginalized people, you know, in United States, Canada, and in so many places in the world. Um, and it's, it's mind blowing to me that those with power and influence and significant wealth wouldn't want to do everything they could to to stop this. Would you ever want to do a screening at the White House of the film? <laughs> I don't think that's a place I would be invited. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't, I, would, I don't know how to answer a question like that. <laughs> it's a big hypothetical. <laughs> um, so has this inspired you more documentaries directing? What, what's the next subject you want to tackle? Oh, goodness. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure yet. You know, I think um, um, this was just sort of, as I said, you know, the sort of organic um, experience and that just, you know, sort of started and then we were just like on this path, you know. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I think we've finished the, or finished basically and delivered the film like two days before the premiere at the Toronto Film Festival. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and then after that, uh, worked on it a tiny bit and then had the process of delivering it, you know, to Netflix and just all the, all these things. So I think, uh, um, you know, potentially now and, you know, reading more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Perhaps something will come. But yes, in terms of directing, I, um, I'm just really, I really gravitate to nonfiction. Like in general, mm -hmm. that's what I read, and so I think that's, I, 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 I do have such an interest in that space more in mm -hmm. a, a direct direction way. Um, mm -hmm. Versus, of course, my job as an actor, which I'm grateful to do and love, and the space of fiction and umbrella academy when are we seeing season two i'm not allowed to say <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i always have to ask but as we saw at the end of season one the world is coming to an end um mm -hmm. how do we um encourage people or what's the word i'm looking for like you know hey let's go watch something about the world coming to an end when real world is so frightening and seems like at times the world is coming to an end. Is there escapism still in that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's fascinating in so many ways because there have been so many films. I feel like, especially like lately that, yeah. um, or work or what have you that have been focused on, you know, the apocalypse. And I don't know if, you know, you think of the climate crisis, for example, right. um, and that is, again, that's something that's already happening and yeah. massive, massive, significant changes are made. Uh, these, you know, it's like, that's that. Um, right. And as we're already seeing the significant impact. So I, I think it seems like in many ways, I don't know if that's because it's on the 
you know, people's mind right now, consciously or not, actually people have been gravitating to those stories. Um, As you hear so many people now watching films and (laughs) all the films about (laughs) life. So I'm not sure what that is about humanity, but I, um, yeah. And when will we see the next uh, music video, dance, you on guitar video on your Instagram of you and your wife? When should we expect the next one? Um, I'm not sure. I have to, <laughs> I guess, figure out what the next cover is going to be. And, uh, um, but it is nice to get to be creative with Emma because she's so astoundingly talented and her mind is so extraordinary. Her dancing um, and how her body moves is just unbelievable. It's, it's really... actually unbelievable. It's actually <laughs> unbelievable. She completely blows my mind. So um, I'm always lucky to to be able to create with her in any way. So, yeah, we'll probably do another soon. Good. Well, Ellen Page, thank you. Stay safe. Back and, at you. Um, you know, congratulations on the doc. It's really, it's very powerful. It's something I didn't know about. Um, so really it opened my eyes and I think it's going to open up a lot of other eyes and, you know, just keep, keep doing these docs. It it, it was great. Well, thank you for saying that. And again, thank you so much for, for wanting to talk about it. You got it. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. That was Ellen Page. Her documentary, There's Something in the Water, premieres on Netflix on March 27th. Thanks for listening to The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Coming up next week, Little Fires Everywhere star Joshua Jackson talks about working with Reese Witherspoon, Kerry Washington, 3-2. Coming up next week, Little Fires Everywhere star Joshua Jackson talks about working with Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington and so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your daily Hollywood news, head over to Variety.com. Stay safe. I hope you're well. And I'll see you next time.